We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw. We go tit for tat. We have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello, and welcome to the Moose Andrews Podcast. This episode 178 of the pod. It is a Bears loss Tuesday. It doesn't have the same ring. It's not a victory victory Monday. It's not a victory Monday. It's a defeat Um, Tuesday. Defeated Tuesday. We will break down what we saw in the Bears game on Monday night in primetime. An offensive no-show by Matt Nagy's crew. Uh, We're also going to whip it around the NFL, do a little college talk. World Series could come to a close tonight. Tonight being Tuesday, October 27th, with the Los Angeles Dodgers just one win away from their first World Series since the 80s. We'll do a little buy or sell. We'll throw you some locks of the week, and we will send you on your way. Matt, first and foremost, uh, a disclaimer before I ask you how you are. I don't have it today. Bears took it out of me last yeah. night. Bears really took it out. Took it's a low energy pod. It's a low energy pod. Uh, and, I, and I apologize right off the bat. How are you? Uh, sad, upset, yeah. angry, a little hungry, a little tired. You know, all of the above. Those all could all be related. Above. Yeah, they probably all are. All. They probably are. But they all stem from the same root, which is Monday Night Football last night, I think. And I think if we want to get to the root of the root here, um, the root of the Bears issues appears to be the offensive line. And just from a schematic standpoint, Matt Nagy's general misunderstanding of what an offense is. Like just, just his inability to come up with a good idea offensively. Um, there's individual things you can point to, you can gloss over it, you can do whatever you want here, but the, if someone five years is to ask me, when were you out on Matt Nagy? I'm sure I could point to things well before this past Monday, but running a toss play on fourth and one to Cordero Patterson, uh, sub your own 40, um, that that to me was that to me was hand over the play sheet to somebody else. That was the moment right there for me. I think it was for me. I think might have came over the course of the game last night. I think that was a bad moment, obviously. And I think it, I think what stuck out to me was how predictable that play call was because it seems like most Bears fans kind of thought in the back of the head, their head that's exactly what they they were going with. Probably because we've seen it so many times before. Like, but for why me, are I, you going to get seven yards removed from the line of scrimmage on a fourth and one get. with a wide and receiver? We've we've talked about it before. We don't hate Cordero Patterson in the backfield as kind of your secondary, but right now kind of has to be their secondary back. That could have been, but like that could have been Saquon Barkley, a healthy exactly. Saquon Barkley in the backfield on fourth and one. What are you doing running toss? Run, getting, find out. You're running toss up in into the, the boundary. Line up in the eye to- or put three tight ends on the field. Look where Aaron Donald is and call ISO away from him. You have well, a 6-3 running back who can pretty much just fall forward and pick up that first down. I completely agree with that. But what that is is an offensive coordinator who has zero faith in his offensive line to block running attacks between the tackles. Now, I don't know why that gets any easier, why he has any more confidence outside of the tackle Yeah, it just does, it's but an easier me, block to just try and line up, Line up in the eye and run a choice route with a tight end before you run a sweep. Like, it, it, it just, time and again, it looks like there is no offensive momentum. One, because Nick Foles is throwing off his back foot and is scared mm-hmm. witless because of this offensive line's inability to protect, inability to block run. You can't do anything offensively if your offensive line can't do anything. I, if, we're, if we're handing out blame here, 
70% of it, 60% of it is on this O-line mm-hmm. and the rest is on Matt Nagy. I, I don't feel I like don't blame Nick Foles, Foles Nick for Foles, much last night. He made Foles, one really bad decision. Bad, couple bad decisions. One he got away with. One got picked in the end zone. That was a terrible call. But like, again, schematically, why we run, why are we cutting Why are you cutting field? off half the field and having Nick Foles, who's not mobile anyways, half? rolling to his, like, why rolling is, to throw across his body? Why is Jimmy Graham not on the field? Even if you're not going to run that fade route to him, put him on the backside and make him think about him, make him shade, and make I think him shade was, something over there. I think Greasy or Riddick, before that play, like, noted it, like, it's a little bit odd, Jimmy Graham's not on the field, he's been their red zone target all year, and that's, you brought it up also on the fourth and one route, you would have liked to see a choice route to a tight end before a toss. My out on Matt Nagy is his his usage of these tight ends. I mean, obviously, there's so many things that you can put. You, you see Cole, you see Cole Komet go up and make a Rob Gronkowski-like catch in the first quarter. Not only second, that, whatever it was. the very next play, it was only a seven-yard pickup, but he made a really nice play on kind of a broken Nick Foles rollout to come back to the ball and pick up seven more yards. He's the only guy that made plays on and offense all night. And I, I, that, that literally was it. I tweeted it last night. He had two catches for 45 yards after the first two plays of the game, offense plays of the game, was not targeted. Not, not Didn't have any catches. Was not targeted again. Demetrius Harris was targeted like four times. I don't yeah, – Demi- Cole Komet's Demetrius, not a, he's a good blocker uh, too, which I also don't understand. The Demetrius Harris project needs to end, and I'm not talking about just targets, but him being on the field. He's always – around an issue he's always giving something up he's always missing an assignment it's just I I don't understand what the hesitation on Cole Komet is right now because you see him out there and he looks like he can be a problem is 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 he ready to be 100% of what he's going to be no but it's time to figure it out on the fly I, I just I just struggle with the coaching decisions that are being made. And it, it, there's so many more than that, too, because there's so many times we, we were preaching about this even with Mitch, too, when he was in. When this offense gets into tempo, when they get into a rhythm, when they get moving, that's when they move the ball. That's when you have a chance because that's going to help out your offensive line because their pass rush is going to get a little bit tired. The Rams can't take uh, can't sub people on and off the field as quickly, so that's going to give your offensive line a little bit of an advantage. That's when this offense seems to move. That's when the offense moved last night. And then the Bears got into the red zone. And instead of keeping kind of everything going, he stops, huddles, gets everybody. I know you want to get some red zone sets, but like, keep things moving. You need to keep up momentum. Do what your teams do well. Put your team not in the best chance to succeed. And he never does that. Joe, how many times keep- before you uh, – I'll let you finish. Before, let me finish this first. How many times you, – you've played football a long time. You, you're an offensive – you've played offense your entire career. When you have a bad offensive line, we have a very aggressive pass rush. What's one one play, one type of play you can run, one thing you can do that maybe gets the that defensive line, that aggressive pass rush, thinking twice that maybe they can't come as aggressively? I mean, you probably want to run a draw play. You, you want to run a draw? Wanna run. You want to run a screen? Maybe? How many, times on the outside, bubble, How many times did they run a draw yeah. or a screen last night? None. Um, zero. They did not run a single. You would think you have Aaron Donald, you have Aaron, Leonard Floyd, who's trying his bit, you know, his hardest to get sacks. He's coming as aggressively as he can. Maybe have a chip play to a tight end and flip one, yeah. out, like flip something one out. Maybe have Montgomery you know, a little chips, like do something. It, he, he is he's in, he's unable to adjust to what defense is, what teams are doing. Sean McVay coached circles around him last night. Sean McVay attacked what the Bears don't do quite as well as as you know as other things that they do do well, and it worked. And then the Bears' defense was out there the entire time. Matt Nagy can't adjust. I think just as much as the tempo offense gives them momentum, it also does something else that's very important, and it doesn't give Matt Nagy time to think. Yeah. Because when Matt Nagy has time to think, he comes up with bad ideas. Pretty much exclusively, 
He comes up with bad ideas when he has time to think. When he comes out of a timeout, when he comes out of halftime, when he comes out of a review, never coming out of breaks with time to think, does Matt Nagy do something productive or positive for this offense? It's perfectly outlined by their third quarter scoring differential. They are mm-hmm. a minus 36 in the third quarter. I tweeted it last night. That is There is no bigger tell of a poorly coached team or a coach who just doesn't have it than third quarter scoring discrepancies to the tune of minus 36. What that tells me is that you go into the locker room and either your guys 100% don't believe in whatever you're saying or you're saying something and then you get out to the field and you have an inability to execute the changes in the game plan. And I put that more on the coach than I do on the players. It's an inefficiency in, a com- in communication. It's an inefficiency in play calling. It's an inefficiency in e- being able to adapt on the fly to a, a situation that's tra- changing, to a nuanced defensive front that maybe they're throwing you that you haven't seen before, to a blitz package you weren't prepared for. Whatever it is, the inability to come out of the locker room, to come out of major stoppages and score points or even put together productive offense tells me that Matt Nagy is swimming underwater. He, he is he is so far over his head as a head coach that it's time for him to relegate himself to just the head coaching role. He needs to do what McVay did, and he needs to hand off the play sheet to someone. He needs to step back from all of his um, responsibilities that he has right now and maybe just be the head coach. Maybe just make sure that your guys are getting schematically what they need at halftime or make, making sure they get what they need during timeouts. Maybe not worrying about what the play call is going to be on third and six coming out of that timeout is more important. He needs to tend to the personalities and let someone else tend to the play calling. It, whatever the chain of power right now is with the Chicago Bears offensively, it's corrupt. It's not working. I agree. I couldn't agree with more. And like, honestly, by all, all my, most of my complaints at all are with Matt Nagy, the play caller from all reports, like the locker room, he hasn't lost the locker room. Like he's a decent, like personality control, like all that we, Fine. we say is it, Can't that, call that, a freaking off. And that's what I'm saying. That, that's why I couldn't agree with you more. Just focus on being the head coach of this football team, everybody, every aspect, whatever, but you cannot, it, he clear. I shouldn't say you can't because some people can't. He cannot clearly cannot balance the entirety of running a no football way. team, game planning, and calling the plays, being in the moment. He. It almost seems like when when they get into games that they didn't game plan ever for the specific team that they're going up against. He's just, just working to, on his playbook, and which trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. There's something there. too. There's always the philosophy of we're gonna you know worry about us and do what we do, but. In football, especially, like you can't just ignore what the other team's good. Like you still have to put your team in the best position to succeed by counteracting what the other team does well. You can still do what you do well, but you still have to have some wrinkles in there that counteract what they're doing. And there's just none of that, and there hasn't really been any of that in ever in his in his tenure yeah. here. I know they had the really great 2018. That was mostly on the back of a great defense and you know a pretty bad schedule and a team or in. This, a schedule that really had an NFL that hadn't seen Matt Nagy or Mitch in that offense yet. That's that was largely what that was a product of. This is this is the rest of the league has adjusted to what Matt Nagy does, and in two years, uh, year and a half, he hasn't adjusted back. That's that's a that's a really big problem. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about this defense a little bit because all in all, uh, you know they did come out of the locker room. Team Hicks just got held up. again. 
14 points in the third quarter. Uh, there, I mean, I, I don't think there's a flag that can save the Bears. No, um, in that game last night, but Akeem Hicks and um, and Khalil Mack were being blatantly held throughout the game. But you know, you hold the Rams to 10 points in the first half. You keep it a touchdown game. That's really all you can ask for. And then your offense comes out anemic in the second half. You give up 14 points, and there's your ball game. Um, mm-hmm. I, I did feel like in the third quarter there. After a couple of the exchanges in possession, I did feel like they let go of the rope for a second, but then they came back out there. They continued to play ball. You score a defensive touchdown late to, I mean, I don't know, make make your defensive rating look better, make your defense look better. But I, I think that if the Bears come out and give the effort that they did defensively last night, you should be able to win a football game because I don't think 24 of those points that they gave up were on the defense. No. I'd say I'd say maybe 17 of those points were on the defense. You you at least have to you at least have to sustain a drive to allow your guys time to get you know to the sideline, catch their breath, think what they want to do defensively. And there was none of that in the third quarter for the Bears. So I I put 17 points on this defense, and if my defense is again throughout the year they've averaged like 17.6 mm-hmm. points per game. If that's what you're averaging, giving up, if you're a top five scoring defense in the league, that's all that I can ask of my Chicago Bears defense. I would say last night from watching them, I'd give that defense probably like a B minus effort. And like you said, only about 17 points around that. I thought early on, especially throughout, throughout is more because I think they were on the field so much and got tired. Early on, they were not great against the run. I don't think either middle linebacker had particularly that great of a game. I don't think they tackled very well, but even like they were having a hard time dealing with that jet sweep stuff. They kept going, they they kept going, they kept going jet motion. Let's say right, for instance, and then you'd get counter back left. Mm-hmm. They, they had trouble picking, or the boot back left. They, they had trouble the boot picking. Back, yeah. But like, which is even, the release tight even end. Even some of the things, which by the way, credit to Sean McVay, I thought he coached a very you know, his okay. Game but plan what that was, was what that was, is he identified a yeah. hungry defense that attacks the perimeters of uh-huh. an offense, and he said, "What can we do to exploit this? Well, we can show it one way." roll out the other way, have Jared Goff throw the easiest throw on the field and pick up eight yards of pop every time. I, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I, I don't I, I don't know. I, I just, it's a, it, it's a frustrating deja vu that Bears fans have to go I through. I think what's uh, frustrating, especially for, uh, this is just more that's kind of popping into my head here, is like you look around the Bears' offense, their, their playmakers, they're like, I think David Montgomery is a very solid running back. I think Allen Robinson is a very I, good wide receiver. I'm starting to think otherwise. If you I, want to sit here and talk about David Montgomery, I can't. He, he, I, even a couple plays that they had blocked up last night, he gets lost in the mix. He just runs into the back of people. And I had the thought of like, when you get David Montgomery, when you reset the offensive line two and a half yards beyond, or you, when you reset the line of scrimmage two and a half yards, as rare as that is for the Bears, there were a couple of occasions occasions last night where when is it on David Montgomery to find the second level and break one? You know, when is it on him? I think that it's hard to run behind the offensive line he's running behind, but there were a couple instances on Monday night of him just getting lost in a pile when he didn't have to. That's fair, and I never said he was a game-breaker, an elite running back. I think he's a solid running back, and I think in an ideal world he's a very good you know, one in a tandem, a one, one a in a tandem, you know, a one, a one B type tandem. Um, I think Allen Robinson's a very good wide receiver. I think Jimmy Graham is not what he used to, but he's having a good year. I think Cole Komet is a playmaker that we're starting to see. I think Darnell Mooney, we saw him 
basically break Jalen <laughs> Jalen Ramsey's ankles last night. I thought he had a pretty good game. And the the point is, I'm getting to is the Bears Donald have Mooney some could have scored three touchdowns. He really could have. He I thought he had a fantastic game last night. And I don't even know if he made a catch, but he looked I thought good. Um, the, the problem just keeps coming back to they don't know how to use them. And you, you can't not blame Ryan Pace for looking at this offensive line in the offseason and saying, oh, you know what the problem is? The coach and we can bring in a right guard who couldn't make it in Seattle. That's it. Yes. That's it. We, we can bring in a right guard who was cut. Like that, that, that's, I don't know how you looked at that offensive line. And they made some moves that they needed to. They, they needed to bring in a guy like Jimmy Graham. They needed to bring in a guy like Robert Quinn. But they did nothing to address the offensive line. It, it, your quarterback, it, it, not all quarterbacks, but when you have a quarterback situation like the Bears, it's only going to be as good as your offensive line. Nick Foles is only going to – Nick Foles is a guy that can win if he has the right you know pieces around him to complement him. And if he's got guys in his face right away, he's not going to win anything. He's going to throw a lot of interceptions. He's going to throw off the back foot because that's what average quarterbacks do. It's just it's it's mind boggling. It's frustrating. I think as Matt Matt Nagy clearly doesn't know how to coach an offensive line, he doesn't know how to game plan around a bad offensive line. He's flustered right away. But I, I think Ryan Pace has to be right up there for his refusal to address the offensive line position. And I don't know. I, I also think paying Bobby Massey thirty two million or whatever it was over four years is also pretty egregious. He got absolutely burned by Leonard Floyd last night. But yeah. Multiple occasions. Um, What's what's most frustrating, and for me, this is a this we're on a treadmill as bears. Yeah, it's the same thing we've seen before. We're running on a hamster wheel because this is what we've seen before. And sitting at five and two, um, second in the NFC North right now, with nothing but opportunity ahead of you, um, there's no reason to be optimistic, and that stinks because we're. Just about halfway through the NFL season, and the Bears are in a position better than we could have asked them to be, and it feels like we haven't won a game yet because of the way that this team continually underperforms and is continually underprepared by their coach. I think that uh, nothing would surprise me at the tail end of the season. I'm not going to say I'm not going to sit here and say I don't think the Bears make the playoffs because of the expanded playoffs. I am hopeful that they still do that. And I'm hopeful that it lines up that we get the Eagles to atone some sort of weird, uh, odd, double doink sin of the mm-hmm. past. I, I don't know how it's going to line up. I don't know that we should even be thinking that way right now. I think that the Bears should be worried about the Saints. But what worries me the most is that regardless if it's the Saints, the Titans, the Vikings, the Packers, the Lions, whoever's up next. It's going to be the same Bears team, the same offensive approach, and the same lack of explosion that we've grown accustomed to. And I don't—I I just don't know how many football games you win like that. Before uh, we've been fortunate enough to win five games like that, I don't know how many beyond five you win like that. I mean, I think it's—I think you're going to win as many. You're going to beat the teams that are average to below average in the NFL, probably, or at least have a chance to beat them. But I'm sorry. And then when I, you face a real challenge, you're that, going to need to get. Very lucky, or your defense is going to have to. Play. I, I, I'm not saying no that's disrespect to the Los Angeles Rams. That's an average football team. That's that not, is that an average not, football team. We did not. We did not just play. Out. We did not just play the Kansas City Chiefs. We did not just play the no, Pittsburgh Steelers. We did not just play the Seattle Seahawks. We did not just play the Buffalo Bills. You played an above not, average football team last you, night. An average to above average football team. If you look at 
what the Rams have done this season and where their wins have come. Last night was an opportunity that we let go. The Rams completely have beat us. The Rams have beat us, the Washington football team, the New York Giants, the Eagles, and the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. They have literally beat the NFC East and, and the us. They lost to the 49ers and they lost to the Bills. They are not, they are, the jury is still out of the They're an unproven football Rams, team. And I would not be surprised if they travel to Miami on a short week and get dealt uh, some reality against a, a Dolphins team that's heading in the right Tua. direction. Because after that, it's the Seahawks, the Bucks, the 49ers, the Cardinals, the Patriots. They don't get a, they don't get an easy game until 12-20 against the Jets uh, after the, the Dolphins this week. So I, I'm just – the jury's out on the Rams for me, and I say that to, to, to outline how disappointing last night was. That's a, that's a fair point. Um, let's get into some other stuff around the league here because we're going to have the same conversation about an anemic Bears offense and an offensive line that can't stop water. Um, so let's hit the music and let's pull up some scores and let's see what happened in the NFL this past week. Pretty wild Sunday. On Thursday night, it was the Giants and the Eagles. Eagles edging out the Giants in the tune of a 22-21 to 21 victory, getting it done in the fourth quarter. Carson Wentz, uh, 360 yards, his best passing total this season. Just two really bad teams. Two really game bad had a teams. very action type feel to it. Uh, it did. Daniel Jones falling in the first mm-hmm. half. Make fun of it if you want. Kid was flying, trying to get the job done. I, if if that game is anyone's fault, it's Evan Ingram's fault for dropping that oh, pass yeah. that would have ended Absolutely. the game. Um, I think Daniel I, Jones I, is getting laughed at for the fall, but not necessarily. Like, it's funny that he fell. They're not like, oh, he's so no, bad. Orchestrated a drive, was focused, yeah. did what he needed to do, but uh, it was not enough for the one and six. Giants, who are just one game out of the lead, there one and a half games to the legal. It's going to be a fun, fun race down to the finish there at two, four, and one. Sunday, Lions and Falcons. Lions got it done, twenty-three to twenty-two. It was literally just the battle of the cursed teams, the battle of the teams who love giving up leads. And in the end, the Falcons were the one to give up the lead. Uh, Lions coming through on a late drive from Matt Stafford getting the job done by one point. Honestly, my takeaway from this was the uniforms. I thought it was one of the worst uniform matchups I've ever seen. So they had like the, the Falcons had like the red fading into black fair. alternates. And then the Lions countered that with all gray. It looked like I was watching an arena league game. Browns versus Bengals. Browns win 37 to 34, despite the best efforts of Joe Burrow to bring back the Bengals. Uh, he went for 406 and three touchdowns looking like he's going to be a mainstay in this league regardless of where you put him he's very good and um, unfortunately he's with the Cincinnati Bengals we'll see what that franchise can do to put some pieces around him but uh, Baker and the Browns will now move forward without Odell Beckham who tore his ACL uh, trying to tackle a player after a Baker interception how appropriately that is but uh, 20 points in the fourth quarter a total of 34 fourth quarter points between these two teams goes the way of the Browns. I refuse to buy into Baker Mayfield yet. This is what he does all the time. He beats up on a bad team and then plays a good team and is terrible and then beats up on it's just It's an endless cycle. Uh, my takeaway was what you were talking about earlier, Joe Burrow. And I actually think that the Bengals have some decent building blocks on that offense. They obviously have Burrow. Joe Mixon's a very good running back. T. Higgins looks like a real threat as a wideout. Obviously, Tyler Boyd's been doing it there for a couple of years. So they got they got some nice, young, talented building blocks, I think, on that offense. Steelers and Titans. Steelers win 27 to 24 in what looked like a that looked like a game between two playoff teams. Mm-hmm. Right? That looked like a game between two teams that have designs beyond the end of this season. Um, and I say that with all of the um, pain and yeah, anguish of the Bears fans. Yeah. Uh, Steelers. I've been saying it throughout the last three or four weeks here. To me, 
It's the best team in the NFL. They're showing it. They are the last undefeated team at 6-0. and um, I'm very excited to see them this week against, against the Ravens. I think this is, yeah. I, I agree right now, they're the best team in the NFL, but like, I, I, the Titans are a very good football team. They went on the road and won it. I want to kind of see where they stack up against the Ravens as well, because that's obviously the, the measuring stick, I guess, in that division after last year. And um, a massive, a plus massive those games moment. are always fun. And a massive moment for Lamar and, and that uh, Ravens offense, that entire Ravens team, because the question with them right now is what do they do in the big mm-hmm. game? Here's another dress rehearsal for the big game. Another takeaway from that Steelers yeah. one, though. Did you see the, the clip of uh, Fenwick Fryer, Robert Spillane, standing up just, Derrick Henry in the hole? Just the meeting line? Derrick just, Henry Just, just Fryer's doing what Fryer's do. That's good stuff. That uh, was awesome. Great to see him out there uh, getting the job done for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Panthers and Saints. Saints win it 27-24. to 24. Uh, Sneaky, sneaky uh, candidate for a game I saw least of. Yeah, I also did not see a ton of this one. Um, I think this fits the narrative of the Panthers. I saw a Panthers couple of DJ or, Moore touchdowns. I think, yeah. the par- I think this kind of <laughs> keeps fitting the narrative we've talked about with both teams. The Panthers are a solid football team, and the Saints are good, but not quite the Saints that we... Are have, have grown accustomed to in the Drew Brees, yep. Sean Payton. Are also, my, the Michael Thomas drama there seems to be Michael Thomas drama, Manuel Sanders. Getting interesting. Hurt. So we're we're getting a we're getting a gettable Saints team. If I could just be optimistic about yeah, the Bears for a moment, whatever. Bills and the Jets. The Bills win at eighteen to ten. Despite they couldn't score one touchdown. touchdown for me, Joe. One touchdown. That's all I needed. Uh, th- that's all any of us needed. Lost a, a, a good chunk of change on the Bills over the weekend. Thanks, uh, thanks, Josh Allen. But uh, they went two field goals in the second, two field goals in the third, two field goals in the fourth. The total 18 points to the 10 of the Jets who did not score a point in the second half. Uh, a yuck fest. When did the will. Jets start? I mean, did they start shopping Sam Darnold? Because there's some teams out there that would probably be interested. Um, and see the Dallas Cowboys off season. Right? I, I don't know. I don't know. I think that's an off-season move. How do you bring in Sam Darnold into Dallas or wherever it may be and ask him to operate orchestrate an offense? Um, I don't know. But speaking of Dallas, Washington 25, Dallas 3 in an absolute no-show. And this was the uh, this was the laydown moment for the Dallas yep. Cowboys. They might have won their last game of the season. Um, they, they might be done. They might be hashtag done chained. Uh, Andy Dalton gets his block knocked off. We had to see that one too many times. Just a complete no show from Dallas in what was a pick 'em uh, in Vegas. You lose by 22 mm-hmm. to the Washington football team. Uh, that was my lock of the week. Sorry if you jumped on it. I had the Cowboys there. And uh, I will not touch the Cowboys for the rest of the season because. It, this was the prove it moment of uh, what can you do beyond attrition and they laid down so we know who they are now yeah I mean that's that's just a complete um, I mean that that shows you what's going on in that locker room right now they're done they're quit uh, on the other side good uh, good for Washington and I think saw on Twitter Ron Rivera went through yeah. his last uh, last treatment so good for him I think that's it that's a great storyline especially here as a, as a former Bear D coordinator former Bear good for Ron Rivera getting uh getting past that uh, big hurdle ring that boat ring that bell river boat ron uh packers and texans packers win 35 to 20 look to be back to their you know explosive offensive ways the aaron Rodgers to Devonte adams hookup was there once again uh texans meanwhile and they're better than one in six but not much better than one in six no i don't think they're uh, much better than that i think i, I just deshaun watson is good team, but just has Another team that's at a talent deficiency at some very key positions. Mm-hmm. And their, their defense is just, I mean, after 
J.J. Watt, there's not much really there anymore. Uh, and, offensively, and there's not that much really there. And I, I, I don't want to sell him no, short. Offense has big names, but like they don't like yeah. Will Fuller is still a very good wide receiver in this league. I think, especially you know, when he's healthy, he's not always yeah, healthy. Brandon, Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb's old. Brandon Cooks is, was good three, four years ago. David yeah. Johnson was an elite running back until he got like they don't they have names they don't have guys that are still good really outside of will fuller i think buccaneers and the raiders bucks make their statement 45 to 20 against a middling raiders team to be fair but uh, this was the most complete effort we've seen out of tom brady Mm -hmm. 33 of 45 for 369 and four touchdown passes leonard fournette seemed to find his footing uh despite you know having chris godwin back despite having uh, uh which mccall mike evans on the mm-hmm. outside despite the idea of antonio brown being in that offense tom brady goes scotty miller and identifies scotty miller as the man who will who will own the day six receptions for 109 yards and a touchdown just um, sounds like the name of a tom brady small white receiver that he likes to throw to it's just a it's just all the telltale signs of a tom brady led team that is going to find their stride at the right time. Uh, that defense led by Levante David is tough. Um, they, they, they have an attitude about them. Looks like the most complete team in the problem. NFC to me right now. Uh, the Seahawks uh, are also very good. The Seahawks I think, are really good. I think the Seahawks are very, very good. I think the Buccaneers, after the, the way they've looked the last couple weeks, look like the most complete team to me. But I think if you, yeah, if you take the Seahawks too, I wouldn't say you're wrong. I just think right now the way the NFL neither defense. Like, I don't think either of those defenses has the ability to stop those opposing offenses. That could be like a hundred point total there. That could yeah. be like a fifty to fifty ball game. And I'm all for it right now. All for it. Chiefs and Broncos. Chiefs win it forty three to sixteen uh, in the quietest forty three point performance you'll ever Seriously. hear. Uh, I mean, Snowball. That's they, a snow they, finally. A little bit of snow. A little bit of snow out there. Broncos look like they might make it interesting after a 10-6 first quarter, but uh, it was not interesting. No, that was uh, one of the more boring 43-point games I've ever seen. Uh, but, yeah, that, that was kind of what we've come to expect from the Chiefs. The reunion of Bill Belichick and what he wanted to be the heir apparent quarterback in his uh, Patriot land and Patriot way. 49ers take down the Patriots 33-6. to Jimmy Garoppolo with his best performance of the year. Did still have two interceptions, but that's just what Jimmy That's just part that's what Jimmy does. Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, but a dominant victory by the 49ers over the Patriots. And I, can, I, can I take a moment and say I felt sorry for Bill Belichick? Because Bill Belichick wanted Jimmy Garoppolo to be his quarterback yeah. five years ago. Now, does that mean Tom Brady doesn't win that last Super Bowl with him? Yes. But does that mean Jimmy Garoppolo could be in the full throes of his own dynasty with the Patriots as well right now? Possibly. Also, yes. We cannot, rev- we cannot revise mm-hmm. history, but we can wonder what if. And I think that last Sunday was the, was the, anti- was the, was the peak of what if for Bill Belichick having to see a quarterback on the other sideline this uh, put up 33 on him. Yeah, and Cam got pulled, which was, I mean, he was pretty, really bad. I think you'll still see him get another chance, but they went to Jarrett Stidham. But, you know, Bill Belichick likes Jarrett Stidham, so it's going to be interesting to see kind of where they go back and forth. He did, say Cam, he did say Cam is undoubtedly the starter okay. moving forward. Was that, so, so that was more of like a just yes. taking care of him? Like, yeah, you know, he said we need there. to see. We obviously want to see more out of Cam, and Cam came to the podium. I was going to say I respect the, Cam for what he said at the podium. He came and he owned it right he away. He said, "You know, said, I, I, I got to be, I got to be better, or I, or I'm going to be a backup." Mm-hmm. And he understands he's on a contract right now that, um, you know, he's got to earn his keep if he wants a future in this NFL as a starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, but the 
Uh, where were you with Cam Newton detractors? Where were you with Andy Dalton detractors? Just to bring this back to the Bears for a moment. Nobody, if, if a quarterback's not on a roster, there's a reason he's not on a roster and he's probably not going to play 16 weeks of perfect football. Yeah. Just saying. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so go easy a second here before we, you know, rail on the Bears for the decisions that they made. Now, am I going to be the first one to say, what the hell are you doing giving that guaranteed money to Nick Foles? Yes, but. I can play both sides of this sword, the options weren't that great. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at what Cam Newton is regressing to and Andy Dalton's just complete inability to play the game of football. Not not really a great market out there for quarterbacks beyond uh, going out there draft and going out there trade. No, I mean, I think what we're seeing is, especially with Cam, obviously Andy Dalton's never really been that guy. I mean, uh, but with Cam, I think we're seeing kind of. He's not the same when he can't run. When and he hasn't really been able to run since his MVP year in Carolina. He, he's not. He's never going to be the guy that's going to throw, you know, okay receivers open. And when he doesn't have an offensive line like that Patriots offensive line is going to beat up, he's not really going to produce. And that, that would have been a very similar situation here in Chicago. Uh, we also had on Sunday the Jaguars and the Chargers. This was game I saw the least of, but I did see the highlights. And there is a growing case. There's a growing Herbert. case. Just saying. There's a growing case. He's looking like what you want a rookie quarterback to look like. He's minimizing mistakes. Threw for 347 yards. He ran one in, I believe. He had three touchdowns through the air. Everything he made a couple could, special throws, too. Everything you could ask of a quarterback, Justin Herbert did it on Sunday. Was it against the Jacksonville Jaguars? Yes, but you're going to play the Jaguars sometimes. You need to build that confidence against the Jaguars so when you do face the Seahawks, the Cardinals, the likes of mm-hmm. some of the more difficult teams in the NFL, you, you know, you're a little bit more ready for that. But Justin Herbert is um, is in my good graces. He also, I, I think I, I saw this stat, they, they flashed it after one of his touchdowns. Joins Patrick Mahomes as only the second, he's the second QB in NFL history with 250 plus uh, pass yards in his first five starts. So he's off to a, a very good start, joining some lead company there, obviously. It, that's a great start, but he has to keep improving, keep getting better. But from what we're seeing for him now, I mean, he looks like the real deal and the guy that's going to be there. And it's just another guy that you keep wishing, like, why why can't that just be the Bears one time? Just one time. Take quarterback that works. Yep. Uh, but we're not allowed to have nice We would have ruined him anyway. Seahawks Probably. and Cardinals. Speaking just of like, quarterbacks. Speaking of <laughs> Joe doesn't. Just, Joe no, I, 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 honestly, I, I, I walked back on Justin Herbert here. I didn't walk back, but I, I'm, I'm giving him credit where yes. credit's due. I, I got to give credit where credit's due with Kyler Murray. I have to continue to do so. Um, One went away. Not, not just because of he's going to. I know. He's going to. I know. I know. He's gonna, and I said he'll never have. He's two wins away. I said he'll. Okay, never so have I never more, have more than six. Never wins. Gotcha. have more than six wins was the claim that I made on Sacramento radio gotcha. two years ago. Gotcha. I didn't know he was going to have DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. I didn't, I didn't, yeah, I didn't that, know that's what, yeah, No, yeah, I'm not going to defend. I'm not going to defend a bad take. I'm going to sit here and give the respect to Kyler Murray because how much fun I am having watch him play the game of football. It, it's it's weird, but watching him scamper off the edge, watching him try and fit it into traffic he's an exciting quarterback the good of him the bad of him it's exciting to watch kyler murray play quarterback and ex- i think the thing that i respected about him most on sunday night was his was his recognition of the moment we're playing the divisional foe who holds the crown in our division if we ever want to do anything in this league in this division 
we got to knock off that guy and this team. And you could see that in the way he was playing. You could see that in the way he was communicating with his players on the sideline. You could see that in the way he didn't allow his guys to quit in the second half when they were behind. You could see that in the drive that he put together to force overtime. Kyler Murray, the player, still has some things to figure out on field in terms of accuracy. Kyler Murray, the competitor, proved a lot to me on Sunday. I would I would totally agree with that. I think my one, my biggest concern with him going forward, I agree with you, he's incredibly fun to watch. He's incredibly talented. He does throw the stupid interception here and there, but that's what young quarterbacks can do from time to time. He carried the ball 14 times. He does love to run the football, does love to use his feet. That, that small body, that small frame in the NFL is going to numbers, hold up long. Careful with those numbers because a, a good number of those are where most quarterbacks would be throwing it into the second row. Fair enough. Murray recognizes that yards, he can go whatever. get three yards. Okay, like fair he enough. can get the edging at three yards. So I, I, I agree. I agree with your sentiment that being being in the position that he is, he has to play the game more like Russell Wilson than than Lamar Jackson. Which I think um, that's also something you can learn as you get older. I, I, he's. He grew up in the Oklahoma, or not grew up, but succeeded, thrived in the Oklahoma offense where he's kind of able to do that. Well, I think that's something you'll probably learn as, you, as your years. Yeah. So you grow wiser in the NFL. I think that the play that stood out for me was the, the read option touchdown that he scored on. It was on like the two or three yard line. I mean, he pulled. Seattle kind of had both the, the, the pull and the give covered. And he just made a linebacker completely miss, look silly, yeah. laid out, and stuck he's, the ball. He's in. a blast. To Chris, Chris Collinsworth had the line, and I, I, I didn't really think of it, but couldn't agree, or couldn't agree with him more. He's basically said like a lot of times with these quarterbacks, you could you put the linebacker to spy on him, but like with Kyler Murray, you, you can't just You're put just one guy, guy to spy to on fail. him because that, like, <laughs> you can't spy him. Like the yeah. best middle linebacker in the NFL is going to have a really tough time tracking down and tackling Kyler Murray one on one because he's so small and shifty and fast. It's 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 incredible to watch. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I, I got to give you Joe's Joe's fantasy moment of the week. Love it! I was Can't getting, wait. I started yeah. Zach Ertz, and he's on getting, IR. That's Matt's fun fantasy. Very moment nice, of the week. very nice. I was getting tanned by my cousin Natalie, and I had shout out Natalie. I had Tyler Lockett and the Bears defense left over. She had her flex in, which was um, Henderson, the running back yeah. for uh, for the, the Rams. Rams. I ended up winning after Lockett put up 42. and for 200 I won, yards and three touchdowns. I won by 1.6 points on the Eddie Jackson touchdown. So a garbage time Bears defense touchdown put me in the winner's column. At least it gave me a reason to smile on Sunday night when they're, or on Monday, Monday night. night. It really wasn't a reason to. We shall not cover that Monday night matchup. Rams win 24 to 10. That is week seven in the NFL. Fun week. Fun week uh, outside of the Bears, for sure. Fun week. Yes, um, obviously not the Bears. That was terrible. Let's uh, let's take a moment here and talk a little Big Ten football. We usually don't wrap up what we saw in college uh, unless it was lock of the week, unless it was – That was a big week, that though. Happened, that was the opening week. Opening week in the Big Ten. I think we learned some things about teams. Uh, maybe let's gloss over it here. You want to start with my lock of the week? Let's, let's go lock of the week. Let's yeah. dive in. Uh, it was mine. I gave it to you. So I, oh, I, no, 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 no. I, I, I said I'd like pull the audio. No, 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 no. Pull the audio. No, no, no. I will pull, pull the, audio. the audio. We'll probably have it recorded from when we start. I said, but before we started the podcast, I said I think I'm taking Ohio State, and you went on a tangent of how much no, you agreed. No, 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 no. I, I said it. For, I gave you, Joe. If you were that confident I, in Ohio State, you would have taken Ohio you, but State. I'm, I put that's the, the type idea of guy in your head I am. Agreed. That's the no, type. Of, no, 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 no. Don't get mad you put at me. Put the idea in my head. Don't get mad. Like at I'm not. Like no, 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 no. No, I'm not saying. Put the idea in your head is wrong. You just agreed with me. 
That's no, all. No, 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 no. no, no. Okay. If you I, liked it that I much, you would have taken it. I gifted you. I gifted you. Don't be I, mad that you're three and four and I'm five and two. Okay. That's, just, that's stop where trying it to take credit that's for where it my stands. record. I lost my lock this week uh, on the Cowboys. Matt won his on the pick that I gave him with Ohio State Buckeyes. Which, by the way, um, I, I sweat that out a little bit more than I thought I would. I, I was, thought Nebraska it, played. Obviously, they ended up getting killed. I, I thought that game was going to be more out of control than it was from the beginning. You, thought, you didn't want to. You weren't where you wanted to be at halftime. Correct. But knowing what I know about those two teams, I had no sweat on it. I had a fair enough. No, I, had see, a few, I, I had a few. I had a few units on that, it like, myself. Not the sweat that Ohio State wasn't going to win big. It was more of like the, the backdoor cover. The will Ohio yeah. State score the last? Like it was. It was never in doubt. Like obviously, the game that they're going to win by three touchdowns, but whether or not they were going to pick up that fourth touchdown or whether or not Nebraska was going to score, you know, late when it didn't matter. That's what worried me. I dare you to pull the audio. I dare you to pull the audio because you know what I'll do? I'll pull the CBS Sports HQ feed from two days prior where I gave that pick out on air to the American public. Joe, I'm not saying you didn't do that on CBS. It was my pick. I'm not saying you didn't do that on CBS Sports HQ. I'm just not, I don't want this, this narrative out there that you like hypnotize me into taking this pick. I love this pick from the start. I don't record our pre podcast meeting. Sometimes maybe I'll start unknowingly recording our pre-podcast meetings. I don't think you should do that. Matt, I, I will I not that give here. you it's a pick for both this, of us. I will not give you a pick this week, so I need you to give the people a pick. As you said, you sit at five and two. Fantastic. Early anything on else? How about before we get anything else in the I'd big time? How about to you an opening weekend? I thought there was um, North, a lot. Northwestern, Northwestern, looked a lot Northwestern looked a lot better than I thought they would in that game. Dominant uh, in, in their matchup with um, who did they Maryland. Maryland, 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 Maryland. Yeah, um, tough, who tough loss where people had the over in that one. Northwestern Rutgers, dropped forty-five. They they don't hit the over. Uh, my, my, what, Rutgers what is it in college State, football it, right now? Uh, it's eight. weird because like week eight, I was trying to like find the Big Ten week yeah. one and Wisconsin. Wisconsin tags Illinois on Friday night. The Scotties are going to be good. Apparently, they're going to throw the ball, but that Mertz is COVID. Is hurt or has COVID? He's COVID so right. he's I think not their top two quarterbacks available. at least have COVID. Um, I had a really fun tweet about Merch Cheese that you know mm. go go check it out. Whatever. Uh, Northwestern tags Maryland forty three to three looked more explosive and more dominant than a Northwestern team I can remember. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it is Maryland, but I don't care. Still, like 45 North, Northwestern 45 versus Northwestern. Northwestern versus insert worst team in the Big Ten here has never really been 43-3. Mm-hmm. to So um, Ohio State tags Nebraska. Penn State upset by Indiana on a BS call. He was down. He was down. The ball touched the ground before it touched the pylon. I'm sorry. There's, 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 think, there are two frames. There are two frames from that video that show you that 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 ball was on the turf before it hit the pylon. Whatever. I, think I, he I, was I, down. I have no dog in this fight. He was down. I. You can say unequivocally that there was space between the ball and the pylon when that ball was down on the ground. But great story, great moment. IU wins. I would have loved to hear Tony Romo calling that and doing the ooh. I don't know, Jim. So close. I don't know. No, fun um, weekend. Of the, uh, I thought Michigan, Michigan Minnesota. Minnesota was was a little bit of a surprise to me with with all the, the people Minnesota had coming back. PJ Fleck Min- rowing the boat the wrong direction. Yeah, uh, Rutgers might have been my biggest surprise in, in Michigan. Michigan State's got problems. Man. Michigan that, State's gonna that, be bad. That program's uh, not Tucker, going anywhere anytime nobody, soon. Nobody loved seeing this more than Buffs fans, more than Colorado fans. When Mel Tucker jumps ship to go coach Michigan State, coaches mm-hmm. him up to a 11-point uh, loss to Rutgers. And Rutgers got some talent on that team. So I'd say it's a team to keep an eye on, at least offensively throughout the season. Purdue beats Iowa 24-20. to Who are the Hawkeyes? Who knows? 
they're, they're probably the same team that they always are. They're going to lose some games they shouldn't. Probably win some games they shouldn't as well, and yeah. go around well, like nine games. They'll go like six and three, five and four, and, and win a bowl game against a, a pretty average SEC team. That's just what they do. Uh, let's hand out some locks of the week this week. I liked nothing. Like NFL, college, nothing jumped off the board at me, so I'm just going to give you this one. Uh, take it with a grain of salt. I do sit at 3-4 and four on the season. I'm taking Michigan, Michigan State over 53. It's a low number, and I think Michigan can maybe get us 42 in this matchup. Mm-hmm. We need a couple touchdowns on Michigan State. Yeah, That's you need Michigan it. State to score. Give you, give, give you, you know. 13 points, 14 points, you probably get yeah. that. I was going to go over in Texas Tech, uh, Oklahoma, but I just I, the way Oklahoma's defense played at TCU, holding them to 14 points, I, I'm not sure what Texas Tech's going to do. I'm going to go North Carolina minus 6.5 at Virginia. Virginia's 1-4. and four. I know they came off a pretty good game at Miami, but I like where North Carolina's offense is at, at putting up 48 on NC State, NC State, rolled Virginia earlier in the year mm-hmm. uh, I think I think UNC is kind of starting to hit their stride and I think they're looking after that loss uh, on the road to Florida State I think you're going to see them want to uh, you know shed some doubts of what they can do especially on the road so I, I think they come out and beat Virginia pretty big folks we are in full-fledged uh, fade Joe jump on Matt this this season. happens every uh, year this is usually yes, when the time yes, but if so. you but if you but if you learn to if you learn to play that that roller coaster ride, when to jump ship with Matt and when to jump on Joe, you're going to make yourself lots of money. Yeah, I'm um, about we, I'm we, about one or two weeks away from needing to be the ship, you know, jump off my ship. Yeah, That's so what what happens? Ride this thing until we bottom out with Matt, and then mm-hmm. I'll be there to catch you guys. That's uh, you know, I think we do. We kind of do this on purpose. We we trade off going on runs so you guys can you know benefit off our picks. Uh, knock on wood. Knock on wood. I don't think there's been a week this year at least that we both lost. I don't think I could so. be wrong. I not, could be not, wrong. You just jinxed it, Joe. I knocked on wood, uh, but now we're both going to lose. Thanks there you a go. lot. There you go. It's bolsa. That's a, doesn't sound like that's wood. wood. That's wood. Like it's a, wood. It's fake Ikea wood, but it's wood. Okay, that's fair. Um, want to jump into some buy or sell here, Matt? Uh, sure. I'm going to – you want me to start or you want to start? Yeah, lead us off. Okay, UFC we're going to talk. Um, Khabib obviously won. He tapped out Gaethje in the second round. Uh, and then announced his retirement promptly after. So good, good for him on a great career. And I, I do believe him when he says that because he uh-huh. seems like a guy who's going to be loyal to his word to his mother. And that's what he said. But I want to ask you at twenty nine and zero, uh, and doing so in in fairly dominant fashion in, in his UFC career at least, uh, buy or sell Khabib is pound for pound the greatest UFC fighter, mixed martial arts fighter of all time. I sell it. He's definitely top five, top four, but like, let's not discredit the legends of this game. And I understand it's very, it's, it's niche. And especially when like Anderson Silva and George St. Pierre were as dominant Mm -hmm. as they were, it really wasn't a mainstream thing. It's just starting to get there now. It feels like, but even mainstream with John Jones, I mean, the guy, John Jones has won 15 belts, 15 world titles. Khabib's got four. Now his now Khabib's space between him and the next, you know, contender at his light in his lightweight division might be bigger than the disparity ever was between John Jones and the rest of the division. Hmm. But my measurement is again, belts, rings, championships. Like, what do you have to show for your career when it's all said and done? It's hard to quantify dominance, like in terms of how dominant you were. 
it, it's a it's an aggregate thing. It's a binary thing. It's a zero or a one. You won or you lost. I think that's how we remember these guys, not in how dominant they were over their opponents. Now, is it impressive that Khabib does what he does against Justin Gaethje? Um, you know, he he puts him out, he taps him out instead of, he had an arm bar there, but said he didn't want to hurt him in front of his family because he has respect for Justin Gaethje. Like he's a man of morals. He's a mm-hmm. man of code. He's a man of his family. What Khabib Nurmagomedov has done throughout his career must be respected. But is he the greatest of all time? No, that to me, that's John Bones Jones. Um, number two is probably Anderson Silva. Number three is probably George St. Pierre. And number four is probably Khabib. Um, and to me, that might be a little bit skewed. That might be a little bit weighted the wrong way because I've never been a big Khabib fan. Just the way he fights, the way he does stuff, his suffocating nature. It's not the fireworks that you've come to expect with a Connor, um, with some of these big knockout mm-hmm. artists, even with Silva with the kicks or, um, you know, what we've seen, the storylines that have been drawn in the UFC over the last half decade with. You know, the Diaz brothers, it's all predicated on big knockouts, big submissions, where Khabib just kind of is, like he said, he's methodical. He's going to take you out into the ocean and he's going to drown you. And and that's the way that he got things done. And that's the way he got to 29 and 0 on his career. Um, but no, he's, he's not the greatest of all time for me. I think that, that, that still belongs to John bone, John's John bones Jones and the dominance that he's had across two different uh, weight classes now, yeah, not I, to be forgotten here. Obviously I don't know about as much about this stuff as you are. I'm, I'm just kind of now getting more and more into it, but I think mm-hmm. just generally in sports, it's stuff like this. I think especially in fight sports when it's just, you know, the one guy, I think you tend to get caught up in the moment a little bit. And I don't it's really think it's, bias, I, yeah. I don't think it's fair to answer that question right now. I don't know whether he is or not, but I think you need to let yourself separate from the moment a little bit. Year or two down the road, you can kind of look back on on everything and kind of have more of a you get get a little more separated from it and have a little bit more open yeah. mindset on it. My my comparison that I drew to kind of the Spurs, right? The yes, early two thousand Spurs. That to me, that's what Khabib is. Like, I never enjoyed watching Tim Duncan go into the low post, bank it off the Loved backboard it. thirty times a night. I, I just that was like never for me. Like watching them just run inside out basketball. Like early two thousand Spurs to me was boring, but there was no holes to poke in it. They did everything right. All they did was win. Cha- all they did was do. All they did was win championships. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't my cup of tea. Khabib, always done everything right. All he does is win. Just never was my cup of tea. So I say that to further outline the fact that, you know, I I might be biased against Khabib Khabib because while the resume speaks to him being possibly the greatest of all time, the way he amassed the resume was Mm -hmm. not my favorite, was not not the most entertaining for me. And hey, shout out you for owning up to that. All right, Matt. Uh, I got one for you here, too. There is a World Series that could come to a close here on Tuesday night. uh, The Dodgers lead 3-2 after a win in Game 5, a wild Game 4, knotted this thing up, extended the series a little bit. Um, Randy Rosarena falling between third and home, bad throw. Everyone's seen the play by now. Uh, Matt, buy or sell. This thing ends on Tuesday night. The Dodgers are world champions at four games to two. I'm going to sell it. I like the pitching matchup for the Rays because uh, the Dodgers are kind of going bullpen game. Uh, the same thing. Which hasn't worked, too. which has not worked for anyone this postseason. No. Not just the Dodgers. Anybody. Well, I, I think the way they set it, which uh, it's 
probably unfortunate for them, but kind of the way they set up their rotation starting early in the series, I think kind of forced their hand in doing that, doing it this yeah. way. Um, but that's uh, Blake Snell. I thought through really well uh, in game two. And I just, I, I think this one, the way it's gone just kind of feels like it's destined for seven. I don't think it's going to be easy for the Dodgers to get over that hump to finally get their world series. And I, I think the Rays are going to push it to seven. I just, I, I think they're a team that every time they've been kind of counted out this series, this series, especially they, they bounce back with a win. And part of that is just I want to see a game seven, so I'm going to try and speak that into existence, Joe. I like it. A, a little bit of a manifestation here yeah. for game seven. Going to manifest it into into happening. I'm on board with that as well. I'm the main reason I'm on board with game seven is because game seven, seventh eighth inning somewhere in there, Clayton Kershaw is going to be called upon for three outs, and it's going to be grand theater. Uh, obviously, we don't see Kershaw tonight, but. It's all hands on deck at a game yeah. seven. We see Kershaw in a short relief role in a game seven. I could vomit right now. I'd love it. This this, uh, this just has this, the feeling of that kind of series. I think it does. I think it does. Matt, have we missed anything? Do we have anything else? I don't people think here? so. Um, I think that's a pretty comprehensive saw, take was, on all there things. Was, there was a rumor. Uh, on PGA Tour. Yeah, we, we, we did have We Are a Golf we start Podcast. That. We are a golf podcast. We are a golf podcast. Do you um, see the Masters had, ad there was this weekend of them opening the gates and stuff? I did. Oh, um, it was awesome. They also announced wait. that they're having college game day at Augusta. I'm okay with it. I'm not. Okay. Keep that, keep that, that off okay. keep that off the grounds. That's keep that off the grounds. We don't need have the hey, course, why don't you do, do college the, we'll do college game day from the Hooters that John Daly hosts perfect. Uh, pre-masters. Perfect. I'm, I'm I, with I, that. I'm okay with it. It's, it's um fine. we did see a taste of Tiger Woods uh, over the weekend at the Zozo Championship. Opened up with a four over round that just took him out of the contention. Um, further proof that in today's PGA on today's PGA Tour, that you cannot have nine bad holes with the rate that people mm-hmm. make birdies at. Even if you come out and you shoot sub seventy rounds for the next three days, um, not that that's what Tiger did. I think he was sub seventy twice, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't um, see the scores, but yeah, I think you're right. You're 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 not going to win. You're probably not going to even top twenty five because of the rate that birdies are made on tour. I don't care if it's at Wingfoot or if it's at Sherwood Country Club at the Zozo. Guys are making birdies. Guys are shooting red numbers. You need to start hole number one on Thursday, ready to make as many birdies as you can. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure that Tiger has that. My hope is that Tiger Woods has enough game to just make the cut at Augusta, so it's not embarrassing. Yeah, uh, I, I just, I Tiger's always to me. He's going to be one of those guys that's always just kind of hanging around at Augusta. Even Freddie Couples finds ways to make cuts at Augusta. Um, my biggest. My my, I wanted to ask you, and not really buy or sell, but sometimes we do over under. Mm-hmm. Um, Tiger and Phil played together on Sunday, uh, mm-hmm. both at pretty much the bottom of the field, playing for nothing. So I, I want to say over under fifty thousand dollars in side action between the two of them in that round. I'm going to take the under. I, I don't think that. I think that the Tiger Phil relationship, while it has come back from the vitriol that it was marked by. Mm-hmm. their early playing careers. I still don't think they really like each other like that. I think Tiger is still the toast of the tour. And I think Phil resents that a little bit. I, I just, I, I don't know. Uh, they don't have to be like each is, other to gamble and try. Like, I think that would feel them more to want to take each other's money. Yeah. I, I feel like Tiger's just like, get, stay away from me. I feel Fair like enough. Tiger kind of has a stay away from me approach. And Phil just always wants to prod and poke because he knows that's, that's the only way, way to get a tiger to take down the tiger shield a little bit. I yeah. don't know. Um, also, Sherwood Country Club looked awesome. That course looked gorgeous. Really cool. 
gorgeous, cool. uh, quite, quite elite. Uh, but yeah, golf. that we might see Tiger at in Houston uh, right before the week before That's the what Masters he on, is yeah. what he said. So um, interesting lead up there. I mean, I, I, if I was him, I would have. I'd already be in a cabin at Augusta playing every single day if they'd allow it. Um, but uh, yeah, maybe it's going to be knows. it's going to be really really interesting to see that course. And I hope that CBS does a good job with the aerials because I mean you've been there, Matt. And you could probably speak to it better than I could. Mm. But the grand grand expanses of grass that are usually covered with fans, you know, on thirteen that yeah. corner, um, different spots come at like nine. Uh, the green side at eighteen the hill downward to 18 where it's just packed with fans for four mm-hmm. days for seven days for talking practice rounds seeing this place on camera with no fans on it is going to give us while it's not going to be the same experience of a normal mass it's going to give us a very unique mm-hmm. experience you're going to see a lot what, more of the course of what augusta is and i hope mm-hmm. that cbs does a great job with kind of taking advantage of that um, in in the absence of some of the things that we love about this tournament so much, that being the patrons, excuse me, not the fans, the patrons. Have no doubt that CBS is going to do a fantastic job like they do every year. Uh, Matt, you got anything else for the people? That's it. That's all I got That's for it. you. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Moose and Roots podcast, episode 178. Thank you for bearing with us, Bears fans. Hopefully, we got a victory to talk about next week. It is the Bears and the Saints from 325 action. Soldier Field. 325 kickoff. Public 325 kickoff. A little bit of a little bit of a wider viewing um, public to see the Bears. We got a. Um, it's a daylight savings time too. So clocks day let's say it's, everything's working against us here yeah. everything's working against us Boy, but we extra hour of sleep on, on saturday we trudge on though matt we uh we trudge on we continue to bring you what you need here on the moose moose podcast continue to get at us on twitter send us your mailbag questions we love hearing from you guys we love when you guys uh get involved and make this podcast yours it's why we're doing it it's why we'll continue to do it for you the listeners for matt i am joe talk to you guys soon May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. (laughs) Chicken on the steak was phenomenal.